Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am super excited to have on Jess Sanira's, and I've had the opportunity to work with her before. So I'm extra excited about this one. But first, just a couple of announcements. So if you have not had the opportunity to grab my free 20-minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides, make sure you do that on my website mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com and come to Hawaii. Come on one of my big island UFO tours where you will see the night sky in a whole new way using my advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And for more information about that, the website is bigislandufotours.com. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Jess. Hello, lovely. Hello, hello. It is lovely to see you. You too. Okay, so let me share with the audience who you are because I think you're pretty fantastic. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> located in the Puget Sound area of Washington State, Jess Sanirez has been helping people all over the world for 30 years as a spiritually connected, intuitive energy worker and tarot reader. With a vast career working in finance, marketing, and management of small businesses, she is a versatile and knowledgeable business advisor. Her educational background is in the social sciences and possesses multiple degrees. Jess also has an extensive background in psychology. She is a big believer in science, the laws of physics and logic, for this universe anyway. She believes that science hasn't caught up with being able to explain psychic abilities yet, and hopes one day will. In the meantime, she has come up with several theories on her own. Extremely community focused, people have always been at the core of whatever work she's been involved in. She's passionate and excited to bring all her gifts forward to you. When she's not being a sassy psychic consultant, you can find Jess haunting her favorite coffee shop, going on adventures with her partner, learning new things, teaching dance, or snuggling up with her two kitties. <laughs> yep. And that, I think one thing when we first met, what I did love about you is your sassiness. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I am also a big fan of my sassiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, before before we get into the conversation that we're going to have, because um, mm -hmm. I don't even know if I know this, I would love for you to share with me in the audience kind of how you grew up, like spiritually. Oh religious something else how did like how did you get into that yeah so um it was actually really unique um so my parents held the belief that i got to choose my own faith my own religion and so didn't go to church on sundays didn't really understand why i couldn't play with my friends on sundays like growing up in kind of a small um town in the bay area of california yes that did exist at the time um, and so it was very much different. I was always very curious. I was always asking friends about their faith and their, you know, in the literature and the books and the stories and, um, even going to church with them sometime on Sundays and, um, whether it was, you know, to the Mormon temple or to the Baptist church or to the Jehovah's witness, like it was all just a little bit of everything. Um, and so it was something really unique. Um, in that aspect. And so growing up, even, you know, I, I grew up um, a child of divorce, so bounced through different households and things like that. And, and even then, it was never something, you know, that was really mainstream in our house. It just really wasn't any of them. Um, when I got a little older, my mother um, actually found basically Wicca and goddess worship for a little while. And, um, and that was a really big influence on me. Um, and just, I loved the idea of, I connected more with the more female divine spirit, um, goddess, whatever, however you want to describe it, um, energy and just being able to, um, pretty much identify with that. Like actually like it, it out of all of the exploration, that was the one was like, mm, this sweater feels good. You know, like trying on the sweaters here and, um, oh, and I happen to like the color <laughs> and so it, that that was part of it. it also kind of helped explain a lot of the experiences I was having growing up being, um, you know, having precognitance, um, being also clairvoyant, clairaudient, um, and also just deeply intuitive. Um, and so being able to draw on, you know, this mysticism, but also, you know, with, with folklore and things like that to really kind of 
help me explain my world because it's, you know, growing up as a kid in the 90s, there were only so many metaphysical books, you know, the Barnes and Noble shop that you could read, right, without having to sneak them home. Um, and so just that was that was a really big influence on my life. Um, and so growing up there, they're really, like I said, there really wasn't that uh, religious aspect, um, which is fascinating because in my dad's side of the family culture, they are very deeply Catholic, all involved in the Catholic church, doing really good work into the world. Um, very devout. I even have nuns. Um, they were the coolest people ever, by the way. Um, and, you know, so just to have this like kind of like this openness um, and the encouragement for curiosity without judgment, um, it allowed me to kind of really form my thoughts and my beliefs and then eventually my spiritual practices, which really helped me explain my reality, right? Because um, science is catching up better on how to explain what they call PSI, PSI. They, they even changed the name of the study to like remove some of the bias of it, just basically any kind of psychic phenomena things. And they've been doing tons of studies about this. And actually they learned that Einstein and Schrodinger were kind of like dabbling with it a little bit with entanglement theory. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's all in the quantum physics woo side of it, literally, because they were like, nah, these things, these things aren't real stuff. And then like, you know, after several decades later, starting they're like, no, no, this phenomenon is actually like consistent. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to incorporate that as well, um, with this deeply spiritual side, as well as like this logic and pragmatic and, you know, very scientific, because that's how I've had to learn, right, as being an observer of my own reality to be able to like figure out the rules um, and what's possible, what's not possible, what's acceptable for me, what's not acceptable for me, um, and other things that just totally, you know, blow my mind. And I'm just like, radical acceptance, okay, here we go. But yeah, growing up, it was very much, you know, you go to school, you have after school activities, um, the spiritual aspect was not a not a thing just really wasn't a thing so yeah <laughs> okay well and same for me like i yeah. i grew up with a religion i got to explore and dabble my mother you know was always into the metaphysical science mm -hmm. and the extra yeah. loop so then i got to do that with her but also be exploring those other aspects so i totally get it yeah well, but so you didn't go into that though for your career. You you were like focused in other areas. So tell us a little bit just about that journey. Right. So basically my whole life up until maybe about almost wow, four years in business house. Yeah, until about four years ago, really. Um I, you know, the spiritual world was separate, right? Like you got up, you went to school, you got an education, you got a car and a job and a house and a career and all those things, right? Um, and you just didn't talk about this other side because that's crazy town, right? Like we right. just don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, and, um, especially the family functions. Um, and so being able to, you know, always have this part of, you know, being proud of what I did for running other companies, being a proud of working for small businesses, being a proud of, you know, constantly finding a job because I am part of that generation where, you know, the ability to work in one of the old school companies where you can have a pension and retire just doesn't exist, didn't exist. And so being able to take those skill sets and build on them and work with other companies, small companies, particularly, um, where you have to wear multiple hats to make it successful and do things properly and, and also learn how not to do things, um, by, by examples. And, um, you know, really showing up powerfully in this space, but then always this other side of me where um, I was a mentor. I've been a mentor. I have been working with Tarot for 30 years. Uh, let's just talk about that real quick because most people don't have jobs for that long, let alone hobbies for that long. Right. Yeah. And here I am doing it full time now. And, um, and so, you know, <clears throat> always having this other side where I've been hired because people liked my energy. They looked at my resume like, wow, this is impressive, but I really like your energy. You belong here. Um, and also, you know, I've been a mentor. I have taught people how to read tarot. I have been somebody that people just kind of find randomly through the grapevine of, hey, I'm having this really weird experience. Can you help me with this? Um, you know, oh, I want to learn more about this. Or, um, you know, um, my kid is experiencing this. Can you come help? And I'm like, absolutely. Um, but never something in the forefront. Um, and then you fast forward to basically 2020. Um, and I'm working for a global organizational development firm um, doing concierge customer service and event coordination and traveling and 
Um, and then we have a pandemic and we don't have any more events and things are downsized, right? And then I'm sitting here going, crap, what do I do? What do I do? Here I am again in this spot of, you know, circumstances. And, um, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I don't sit still very well. Um, and so my friends all look at, point at the tarot, the, the silly amount of tarot decks that I have. Um, and they're just like, duh. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I, I don't know. This is like putting the crazy pants on and taking it out in public now. And so having to my journey has really been the last, um, even just up until the last few months ago, even when identifying a psychic, like incorporating it into my identity and being public about it. Second, being proud of what I do and yeah. how that ha that affects everything um how I show up what I do how I do it um and you know it's also kind of this beautiful point of like I ran out of fucks to give because I had been doing everything the, the correct political correct professional way and you know what I got tired of it burned out yeah. um and that doesn't mean you know I was doing down to earth local part-time for a while I was the managing director of a marketing agency so so the boss basically um and also circumstances we worked in the um uh mostly with the it and technology sector and beginning of the year we lost all of our prospects and all of our clients within two months just because they put everything on freeze and it was like okay well keep pushing a burnt out team including myself or wrap it up nicely with a bow and give it back to the owner while and close everything up while there's still money in the checking account right it's it's yeah. simple and yeah. then being in this beautiful space to step into down to earth oracle full time um, and already meeting my goals for this year. Um, they were small goals, but I did them and um, and looking forward to continuing. Um, I've now been in business officially for four years and it is the most satisfying work I've ever done. Um, I love that I get to show up very differently into this space. So like I specialize working with other, with other business owners. So I get to still do what I love with the business side of things, being an advisor, being a consultant with that. But then you get to throw in like this extra sassy sauce on top with tarot and psychic abilities and, you know, all of these gifts and being able to put it on the table and, you know, give sound advice, give plans, give skill sets and tools and and have it be consistent and good um, and really shine with that and make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm like, how could you go wrong? How could you go wrong? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I, well, I love it. And, you know, even though the pandemic definitely, you know, there are mixed feelings about it. There are people like you and others and me that we were able to really pivot and yeah. make massive changes in our life. And I think that that was one of the things why it came in was it gave people choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, how are we going to live our life? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. One of the really cool things that happened, and I actually was recently asked about this not too long ago, was like, you know, well, being psychic, did you know that the pandemic was coming? And it's like, actually, no, I did not. Like, Lord knows if I had, things might have gone completely differently. But um, actually, astrologers at the time, even before 2020, were like, WTF, like WTF is happening here um, and really going through, you know, how it's unfolding and everything. And it was phenomenal just to be kind of like a witness on the back burner of this being like, wow, um, you know, not only just the, validi the val validity, validation of, you know, just how astrology works, everything else like that, you know, for those who are just not totally aware of how it works, but also just the powerful impact of it. Um, and how just, you know, people across the globe were like, this is, this is going to be a thing. Not quite sure how it's going to all play out, but holy moly, hold on to your butts. And, um, and just also being able to learn, grow and change on a personal level for myself. Um, you know, I'm very much a social butterfly and an extrovert. I, I recharge my batteries like a solar panel and being, I, I learned a lot. I am not designed to be an astronaut on a solo space mission. Just, just not, just no, not a yeah. thing for me, not a thing for me. <laughs> but even, you know, with how, you know, society has changed and even during this process of, you know, the pandemic, how a lot of people turn to spirituality um, for guidance, for aid, for something. And, you know, but that's, that's kind of always been a key role of spirituality and religion throughout time is when there are these major incidents, experiences, 
We look to that for comfort. We look to that for explanation. And that's just part of how we're designed. And it's a beautiful thing that a lot of people have been able to step up into the space and including myself of recognizing that, yeah, the way I've done things is not sustainable for me. It's time to step up into my calling, you know, change my identity, step into it bravely and also scared shitless um, of it all and be able to thrive, not just survive, but thrive with it um, has been extremely rewarding. Um, and I'm finding that a lot of people that I know in the spiritual practice community and things like that have similar stories where they're, they've been asked to step up and we do, we do. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's been a blessing really. Well, and I have talked to so many people recently. Um, I've been doing all of these kind of pre-recordings for my mm-hmm. podcast rather than doing it live. Like I have over the last year and a half and mm-hmm. So many of them got really stepped out when the pandemic hit, just mm-hmm. like you. And even just like me of like, I mean, I had my spiritual business, but when I moved here to Hawaii, that's when I came out of the ET closet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Where I couldn't, back in Olympia, I didn't feel like I could show that side of myself because I still was trying to be taken seriously with my other right. right? Yeah. And so like for you, cause you're still in the same community that you were in. Yes. yes. And so how has that been for you of people that previously that you might've known or worked with, like, are they embracing you fully? Like being, Hey, here I am. Right. So sometimes it's a mixed bag of cats. Um, most of it is very positive. Like I have to say overall, very, very positive. And people who know me, you know, know that I'm very intuitive, that, you know, part of the decision-making process isn't just logic or emotional. It's kind of that intuitive process as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they know that about me. Um, there were a few, like, especially on LinkedIn of people that I've worked professionally with event coordination, um, you know, in corporate world, things like that, where they're like, oh, I had no idea. And I'm like, that's because you weren't supposed to. Um, <laughs> And so, but, but actually they're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense now. And I'm like, oh, oh, thanks. You know? Um, And so, yeah, that, that has been wonderful. And even, you know, being considered an asset um, to them still, you know, versus just total dismissal. Um, But, you know, yeah, like, even though that has been phenomenal, there have been other instances. Um, I went to one networking meeting and it was local here and um, with people that I knew. So I was like, ah, safe space. We're going to be fine. Right. And I was just surprised at how people that were not in my immediate circle of community, right? Still part of my community, but not my, my knew me personally, right? Completely dismissed what I did. Um, and dismissed me in the process. And, and don't get me wrong, I was very mad and I wanted to print out my resume and stand on all the tables and show every single one of them how qualified I am to be here. Um, I did not. I showed up with compassion for them and for myself, you know, and also just understood that, you know, like I, I, I learned a long time ago, I don't need to prove what I do for any to anybody. If, if people come up to me like, oh, you're a psychic, prove it. No, thank you. I am not interested. You want that? Book an appointment. You can spend, you know, 80 or $150 of my time. Fine. Great. Um, but I learned that I don't need to do that. I have to show up with confidence. I get the opportunity to show up in leadership of how I want to be taken, how I want to be perceived. And it is not also my job to change people's perception of me that really don't care. Or I'm curious. And part of it too is understanding, you know, this is where that that social science background comes in. A little bit of that curiosity of visiting different religions and stuff like that is that, you know, what I do to some people is very scary. Mm-hmm. It's very scary. And a lot of times I hear, I don't want to know. And very closed off. And my answer is that's fine. You know, you, you don't have to know. But I always am puzzled by this question too, because it's like, what don't you want to know? Right. And the association of its future and spooky and scary and and the truth is, it's actually more about you and where you're at now and what possibilities, you know, things sometimes there are heads up. A lot of my readings mostly focus on the present, which is touches of the future. You want a straight future one? That's fine. I got date ranges for how the accuracy rate fluctuates after about six months. But it's, um, I'm a David Ernst, that's how I know. Um, and it's just that idea that, um, you know, 
that self-reflection tool of the, you know, how the media, you know, Hollywood history, but also, you know, religious aspects, particularly, you know, on the, on the Christian side of things, just how that really closed a lot of this off for historical mm -hmm. reasons, things like that, social patterns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and my job is not to invalidate or, or harp on that, but it does, it is, it is a barrier. It is a barrier. Um, and so I'm respectful of that, but I understand that, you know, people's behavior is a reflection upon them. It's not a reflection upon me. And yeah. I don't need to get all pissed off about it anymore. I can let it go. I mean, yeah, it was, it was shocking and hurtful. Don't get me wrong. But I also, like I said, I understand that, you know, I don't have to be liked by everybody. They don't have to know what I do, but you know what? I'll be damned. I barely made an impression. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, just by showing up. And it's that idea too of like one of my goals is to make this normal. Like mm -hmm. this is normal for me. This is my version of reality, completely normal for me. Yes. And most people, I'm gonna say pretty much all people, all have some intuitive reaction to some kind because we are intuitive spiritual creatures, whether we like it or not. It's just part of the makeup. Right. And you know, and a lot of times it's socialized out. And you know family cultures, things like that, that's that's fine. But it's that idea of being open, being curious, understanding this is a resource. Um, a lot of my clients are therapy adverse. And um, so being able to provide a safe space with some psychological inputs, um, you know, that provide them with comfort, with knowledge, with tool sets that can really help them. Like, I love being that person. And it's not like a catch-all spot. It's one where I'm making it very defined and stepping up also not in just like the community spheres, which is huge for me, but also in the business spheres as well. I love working with business owners, particularly solopreneurs, because, you know, we are our businesses and we are the decision makers. And when you have invested everything possible and your livelihood is on the line, that is a really, that's a, that's a shit ton of pressure. It's just, it is. It's, Ton of pressure, and if you make one wrong choice, right, it can fuck everything up. And so, being able to provide support, a second, you know, set of eyes, even looking at like my favorite thing is decision making. Oh my goodness, um, mm -hmm. being able to help owners ask the right questions, make sure they're doing it for the right reasons, and then what are potential outcomes? Like that's ease of an anxiety that's actually you know having confidence of like well if i go down this path these are the actual things that will fall into place is that what i want mm -hmm. what about alternative options because we're sometimes so smack dab in the stew pot we don't even realize it half the time right um, and so being able to see different alternatives like i love being able to provide that in um because yeah i want people to make the best decisions for themselves like, I'm not going to dictate, you know, like 90% of the time. I'm like, you know, there are times I'm just like, no, that isn't a good idea. Let's rethink this. Um, why? What are their options? Let's dig a little deeper. Let's pull apart the little knot and find out, you know, what's all coming together. Um, but just make the best choices for them so that they have more peace. They have more flexibility, whatever that they want, that they can get. Um, and it's not always easy, but it's definitely worth it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I love that because I was going to have you explain maybe how you do work with business owners. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, how valuable of a tool to just, because there, I mean, of course, there are business coaches. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of business coaches. And they are worth their weight in gold. They are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to have additional people on the team, mm -hmm. especially like you're saying, as a solopreneur, because really, like, being just yourself, number one, mm -hmm. it's really lonely, <laughs> but also like, you know, we don't always see the bigger picture for ourselves. We might be able to see it for other people mm -hmm. really well, especially when we are intuitive, psychic, whatever. Right. It's easier to see for other people. It and, is. Um, so even I think reading cards, would, would you say reading for other people is a little easier or oh so for me so it's really funny so i am at, it's, it's funny so there's it's i'm laughing because it really is funny because this happens all the time so i make a point where i don't read for myself and part of the reason is is because when i read for myself it's like the intuitive psychic gift just switches off and i'm like oh great what's this it's it's a card and i'm like that's 
that's not helpful. Anything else? Nope, nope, it's a card. I'm just like, <laughs> and so, um, but the minute I read for somebody else, it's like all the lights are on, all the channels open, everything else. And it's like, okay, I, you know, I can break it down to just the basic meanings of the card. And I can look at my life and be very logical and analytical about it, but it misses that vice. It misses, it's, it's missing, it's definitely missing. And this isn't one of those, like, there are a lot of readers who don't read for themselves. Um, and part of it too is, the, it's also just good practice one is, you know, in the spiritual community, things like that is to have somebody you check in with because we have to practice what we preach, right? Like that is so important to show up in authentic truth um and walk the walk and talk the talk um and so being able to check in and being like all right i've taken myself as far as i can go i'm only human i am not perfect like what else am i missing i've done everything i can and you yeah. need that outside perspective um but also just you know there are other readers out there who get to this point where we're just like we can't read for ourselves because we're in our own damn way just like everybody else right <laughs> exactly so having that resource um, is, is huge. And, you know, finding, you know, I, I found that I'm very unique in the spiritual world because I work with businesses and business owners a lot of the time and how that looks like to answer your other question too, is that, um, is it's a lot of decision-making like sometimes, like I've got one client recently that was looking to possibly, um, sell their business and they wanted to make sure that the offer was going to be, you know, legit. And so I'm like, yeah, you're having the appraisal done right by an outside company, right? To make sure that the due process is actually legit. Um, right. But also to find out, you know, what that would look like and why aren't they off looking at partnership first to make sure that the integrity of the business is still going to be there when we leave and walk away. Um, but also, you know, I've also had another client that um does have business coaches and things like that and i often always say my services work best when somebody has a therapist or a coach that they're working with um i'm just swift kick in the ass you need to go in the right direction they're the ones that beautifully hold your hand for the unfolding process and right. that is not my my skill set um i don't have the patience for it i know myself too well um and it's you know they were you know following a lot of coaches online and they also have their own personal coach and and they were trying to do this this one particular way of like you're not supposed to be logical about your business you're supposed to just be always intuitive and i'm like it's both you have to have both and you know but also validating my client's experience because they were fighting it so hard they had such a hard time with them like it's just not for you and that's okay go find something else mm -hmm. um so needing that external validation and also again coming up with alternative perspectives, different ideas, you know, thinking outside the box. Um, one of the big things I've run into too with clients is like as solopreneurs, right? There's only so much expansion we can do because we're just one person. We hit a ceiling and it is not expandable. You cannot grow more unless you bring more people on, right? Um, right. Go into a partnership, a collective, that kind of a thing. Um, and they just weren't sure about that. They thought that they were stuck growing as far as they can go. And sure enough, just within a coming conversation, they're like, oh, I guess I can do this other thing instead. You know, that's not so mainstream. That's a different way of doing things. And and allowing for there to be more lateral movement versus just horizontal is huge. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, so, okay. So a couple things popped in mm -hmm. while we're talking about all the different things. So number one, you have you have this psychic intuition all of that so not only do you know what the cards represent mm -hmm. but you are also getting extra information so yes. what i and what i why i want to bring that up is that there are some people that i know that are maybe newer to tarot mm -hmm. that are you know reading out of the book and trying to do readings like that and we all have to start somewhere oh, yeah. but um some of them definitely are not tapped in and they are just trying to make money without understanding what they're doing so can you explain like why who you work with for tarot readings is really important yeah. no it absolutely is and i mean part of it is you know i am such a big supporter of new readers like i said because like like you said we all start somewhere right um, and also part of it is they're starting new businesses. And so they need like actual like guidance on where things are going. Um, Morgan on an ebook about that, by the way. 
Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's that aspect, but yeah, like who you go to as a reader, I actually, um, recently did, um, some content about like what makes a good reading. Um, and what makes a good reading is you can ask questions. You as the receiver of the reading can ask questions. If something doesn't make sense, ask the question. It should be a conversation. It shouldn't just be a one-way word, word, word vomit. And if you're sitting there going, wow, that was really mystical and I have no idea what the hell I walked away with, ask the questions seriously. Um, take away what resonates with you. Um, but if it's not more than, if it's less than, I'm going to say probably 80% of the reading, then yeah, ask questions, throw a flag, something. Um, it should be a combination of somebody who uh, does read intuitively, which is they they get information from the cards, the symbols, things like that, without necessarily, you know, knowing the actual, like, structure of tarot necessarily, or the classic meanings, interpretations of it. Um, and it, and that is, you, you need to have a good smattering of both. Um, yeah. One of the things I'm constantly doing is learning. Um, even 30 years later, I'm still learning of different ways of reading uh, tarot. And each deck is different too. So each artist, each creator has their own interpretations too. So it's it's like having, like, <laughs> dating myself, it's like having a Rolodex of information um, and being able to be like, okay, this is that flavor. This is that connection. This is that meaning that's coming through versus, you know, standard stuff. And don't get me wrong, even I still pull the book out. Um, depending on the deck. And part of it is because I'm going flip, 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 flip. Nope, nope, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. Okay, well, I'm getting told now, go look at the book. So yeah. I'll go look at the book and I'll be like, ah, perfect. I'm just going to read this. Um, and there's no shame in that whatsoever. Yeah, right. Um, and, right. but yeah, um, definitely work with somebody who, you know, you have to practice. You have to practice so much because not only is it a talent, but it's a skill set. Skill sets help shape our talents. And no, people do not have to be psychic to read tarot, right? You can get used to the meanings of the cards. You can develop and hone your intuition as part of those skill sets that come through. But yeah, I would definitely, I always tell people when you're spending money, do your research, do your homework, ask for reviews, look at the reviews. What are their rates? Um, a lot of times, um, uh, people starting out don't charge a lot of money for it. Um, and I'm a big fan of, you know, if you're doing what you're doing and you do it really well, charge appropriately. And that yeah. is totally acceptable. Yes, look for specials and deals and things like that, of course. But, you know, find out who you're working with. What's their background? How long have they been doing this? Um, do you do you connect with them in some way? Um, or, you know, is this, uh, and I'm, I'm going to say this very teasingly as well, you have to have a sense of humor with what I do, uh, or are you at a fair and you come across them and getting a reading, you know, and I'm like, that, that's me, you came and saw me, I understand this. Um, but at the same time, you know, find out more, you know, how do they get back to the community? Um, how are they involved in the communities that they are doing? Is this because, you know, they are deeply spiritual and this is their outlet? Fabulous, fabulous. But make sure you connect with the readers. And if they're in, in a, if you are just kind of stumbling into this new and you're a new reader, go read for as many people as you can. You know, read for tips, read for free, go sit at a coffee shop, sit at a bar, wherever, because that is where you're going to understand that your version and how you read is unique and it's different. Um, I love that a lot of people are offering classes on how to read tarot and it's in my community, they're doing it well. They're telling people, yes, how to hone the intuitive side of it, but yeah, also memorize some of the basic damn meanings. Yeah. Like, because that gives the context, that gives the framework. And then, you know, you can play within that, play without that, understand what's the intuitive message, understand what's your own bullshit coming through that you need to kind of stuff back and hold your own bias accountable, right? Um, and yeah, and also learn the history of tarot, understand where it comes from, understand, um, I'm a big social justice person, um, huge into equity. Um, and so understand, you know, the, the history and the privileged class that was able to have it, understand that it's not even until God, 2015 that more diverse tarot decks started being created. Oh, serious? Oh, serious. Like, okay. yeah. Um, it's really not until 2015 that wow. it's more diverse, more eth ethnically diverse, not just that, but sex and gender preferences and physical abilities. Um, I mean, that's one thing that I always specialize with and, and really hone into because I do believe that tarot is for everybody. And I do believe that representation really, really matters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't just be a bunch of white people running around all the time. Um, well, yeah. so 
what do you what what happened like in 2015 that might have so, made that yeah i actually just i'm working with my marketing person we're just about to launch this stuff um i had to do a silly amount of research which it's good um, a lot of what's happening is in a lot of the more indigenous and BIPOC communities, um, they are, it's a, like almost like a 50% increase of the younger generations own tarot. They're looking at tarot and they're creating these own decks themselves. The other thing too is the opportunity for self-publishing. Um, one of the big tarot decks that I use is the This Might Hurt tarot deck. And I bought this several years ago through an independent female artist. It is one of the most inclusive decks I can find out there and also one that really resonates with me. I love a deck where I can see myself in, I can see my clients in, I can see my community in and people that I don't even know yet. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's not really until this. There were some some parts in like the early 1980s that you started seeing like the Native American tarot and the Japanese tarot. Um, and the 90s, a little bit here and there of like a colored person in the baseball you know, a person of color, excuse me, um, in the baseball um, tarot um, and, um, you know, to, to honor Jackie Robinson and all those wonderful players. Um, and but even then, it's still super limited, really, until about 2015. Um, sort of some of it is that you start having an artist revolution um, and um, artwork being displayed with tarot. Um, you have, like I said, uh, this huge movement where younger um, generations in the BIPOC uh, community start wanting more representation. And so having more accessibility as well. Um, you don't even get the queer tarot until, gosh, I think that one was like 2022. So not even that long. Oh, wow. Um, been out. Um, so yeah, it's it's just been a lot of it is, you know, um, uh, who's most represented in the culture. Um, unfortunately. And so that's a lot of shift and a lot of changing. And I love that. Um, Me too. Yeah. 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 That's so. quite actually inspirational because I'm all about social justice as well. Yeah. And yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. it's good. It's good. I love it. Um, I really do love it. Um, and um, it makes my heart happy seeing more and more. Um, but also like I love the chance to support independent artists as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so, so Okay, I'm gonna, you could say yes or no, but I'm just curious if you would be willing to just give us an example of a, a little reading, mm. whether you want it to be for me or it could be for more collective. Um, let's just do collective. Part of it is my readings tend to be deeply personal and I would not want to make you uncomfortable. Super oh, I'm an open book though. <laughs> so okay. I, would, okay, but. I believe in consent and I really hold strong values on um, uh, Oh my goodness, unconfidentiality. So let's just do for a general collective. Um, so what it is is I just kind of tap into the energies of kind of what's going on. And actually, let's make it real fun. Let's do it specifically to the business um, for the week that this will be put out uh, into okay, the so world. This is yeah. coming out September fifth. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So let's just see what's going on out there. All right. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So one of the big things that's happening is I'm hearing that you know there's wanting to make successful decisions, which I think is hilarious because we just talked about like what that looks like to make decisions, but also understanding that, you know, yes, being in the limelight when it comes to your business specifically and understanding that, yes, even though things are good, it's not sustainable one. And you need to be able to really step into a way that is soul satisfying for you. You're going to have to make a decision. Is this what you really want to continue to do with your work? Or do you need to do something else? Um, even though, yeah, you are, you know, it, you as in collective you, it is successful. People are celebrating you for your accolades and how far you've come and possibly a lot of social media attention, right? But really needing to decide, is this what you want to continue to do? Like all people see are the bright and shiny things, right? But it's all the stuff behind the scenes that are going on. And let's talk about why. Ooh, um, yeah, possibly indulging a little too much and recognizing that this is an unhealthy balance for you. Yes, people are lifting you up. Yes, people are excited about what you do. But fame and fortune isn't always for everybody right mm -hmm. everybody dreams about that but that doesn't mean it's necessarily for you there is a lot of temptation there is a lot of things that question you down into a slidey slope of not so great things um let's find out also another why yeah definitely also getting inspiration to do something different of recognizing it's the same old same old yeah like yeah you're good at what you do but are you bored probably <laughs> 
So it's a good idea to embrace a new decision and also shift your perspective on how things are going. Yes, it's successful. And like I said, this is just how everybody sees it. But how are you looking at it? And what do you need to shift up and do that really sits within your wheelhouse and also taking a break, letting some ideas to go that this is a transformation process and one where um, it's time to to really maybe pivot, pivot hard and let some of this go. And don't worry about the disappointments for everybody else and what they're going to think because you're the one living your life, not them. So that's kind of a, a quick and dirty. Yeah, well, okay. And so what I what I love about how you just demonstrate that is you are seamlessly weaving together a story very quickly as you're <laughs> pulling these cards, right? So you're not like, it's, you're not in your head. So anyway, I just... Yeah, because I'm, I've been able to experience you before. I just I wanted to show you off. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> to the world. Um, now, for people who maybe don't have a business who are like, mm -hmm. well, I want a personal reading. Do you do that for people as well? I do. Um, I do offer personal readings. Um, I offer, you know, relationship focused ones. That doesn't always mean romantic. It just can mean a relationship. What's going on with the people around you that you're surrounded by family, things like that. I also offer general ones, um, which is a little bit of everything. D all underneath the sun. Um, I don't charge by card pulling. I don't charge by question. I charge by my time because you're going to get the most out of it. And I'm not going to gatekeep um, for, you know, if you want to figure out where things are going with your career or if you're having difficulty with a friend or, you know, you're thinking about starting your own business or not. Like I want people to have access to all of that. Um, and it's, it, that's important to me. That's really important to me. So yes, um, back to your storytelling. Yes. Um, I'm very much a storyteller and part of that is technique as well. Um, so not only am I getting, yes, some of the actual meanings of the cards and different versions of those meanings, but also getting, uh, the intuitive aspect, the psychic aspect of it woven into it as well. So it makes sense. And that's not, you know, every reading is unique. So there are times where I'm like, I don't know what that means. We're going to hold on to that and we'll come back to it later. And if it still doesn't make sense, we'll leave it alone. We'll go from there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, and because you do have massive amounts of decks, how are you deciding which ones need to be with a specific person? I love being asked this question. So part of it is I take a few minutes and just kind of tap into my client's energy beforehand and find out which decks ha have the meanings, have the messages for them, so to speak. It's like mail call. Um, and part of it is because the deck, the artwork resonates with them. There are specific messages within that artwork um, or just the flavor of the deck that they need to hear. Um, and so I, I trust that and I show up with curiosity of like, okay, this is where we're at. And I always find it interesting, um, when I buy like more collector type decks mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm never going to use this for a client. Well, I'll be damned if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I always find that fascinating because I, I talk with my clients about this. I'm like, okay, I've never actually read with a client with this deck before because I bought this for da, 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 da. And they're like, oh, well that makes total sense to me. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, okay. So I create Oracle decks, not tarot cards. And so do you I have know, yours, by the way. <laughs> do you actually um, incorporate Oracle cards into the readings as well? And for people who don't know the difference, I mean, okay. I could but I would love you to explain the difference. Right. So um, just a side note, I'm actually working with an artist right now to create my own Oracle deck. And the difference between Oracle and Tarot is that Tarot has a really specific structure. It has a specific number of cards, number of suits, number of major arcana, minor arcana, court cards. Um, that never changes. Um, how they're interpreted, um, names, that can shift around depending on which type of Tarot deck you're using, but they're, they're all pretty much universally in this one structure. Oracle cards, anything goes. Anything yeah. goes, number, meanings, types, um, illustrations. A lot of times Oracle decks are much more abstract um, in thought processes and ideas and meanings. Um, and I do, I do own quite a bit of Oracle cards. They, they aren't always my favorite. Um, part of it is um, there are some that I work with. Um, if anybody catches, I read for the collective on a lot of my social medias. I do use Oracle cards in that. And I kind of use those as like categories of, you know, like this is the lens and the filter of what you're going to be looking at this through. 
And I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that structure. Um, I do have some that are much more abstract. And I find that those are ones that I use more for myself sometimes, um, mm -hmm. or I appreciate the artwork, or I appreciate the sentiment behind them. Um, but I don't use them entirely. Um, I often, I've had a client ask like, oh, can you use Oracle cards with me? And I do my best um, with them. And um, I find that though, that they're more for the way I read is that they're more of like a category filter. Like this is, this is how you should be viewing this through. Um, or there's a specific message for them um, within the written text a lot of the time. Um, but as I say, I'm, I only do what I'm told in two things in my life. One is tarot and two is dancing and everything else is good luck with that. Um, so yeah, if I am told, because I'm clear audience, if I am told it's in the Oracle decks, I will go to the Oracle decks. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then you intuitively choose which deck needs to. Yeah. I actually, part of being an energy worker, I actually see it. Like, it's like putting like the lens, we'll keep the lens in the filter. It's like putting a little lens down and being like, oh, this one's glowing. Okay. We'll take that one. Yeah. Okay. Why? Well, yeah. Uh, so I love that. So you, so you have the clairaudience, you're hearing mm -hmm. things and then the clairvoyance where yep. that energy is popping out. Mm -hmm. And do you have, are the other clairs there for you? They are. They're pretty much all there. You can click all of those boxes. They okay. might not be all with the services that I offer, um, but they are there. And I honor the fact if one of them comes through, I honor it. Um, and I say, okay, this is coming through. This is how it's coming through. Um, believe it or not, the most interesting thing is tasting energy, believe yeah. it or not. That's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, ha I have a little bit of that taste one and that smell one. Oh, I don't smell, but I definitely can taste it. Um, and it's it's interesting. And under identifying the different flavors and then kind of like, you know, under like opening, holding that open space of like, I'm not sure what this means. And it's okay to not know, but to hold it and be like, this is what I'm getting. Take it how it resonates for you. You at least have the information. Yeah. 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 Well, so, okay, so we are finishing up 2023. Things have been starting, they're shaking up because we, like going back to astrology, right? We're now entering the age of Aquarius. Yes. Back yes. The record. Yep, yep. So have you done any kind of collective readings for 2024? Or, and I know you said six months is kind of. Yeah, so out. I am not. Okay. And I'm not sure why. I think part of it is because um, I have done, when I first started, you know, kind of experimenting with collective and collective energies and how that felt and everything else, um, I was learning and I did the whole, let's do the whole kit and caboodle versus taking little chunks at a time and understanding the differences in the flavors. Um, and it almost short circuited me. So um, I, I think it would be interesting um, to see what that would look like. Um, I do offer full year readings where we actually go through each month to see what's going on. And I do that based upon when the person books or if they want their whole next year. But as for a giant collective reading, I think that that would be a really interesting experiment to see. Um, and see, this is where me and social scientists comes in. I'm like, oh, let's 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 try. Let's see what goes on and see how that works. But the other thing, too, is that as a collective, like as like I would I wouldn't know how to narrow it down. Like, are we doing, doing just the US? Are we doing the global world? Because so much, there's so much. That's part of it is I wouldn't know how to quantify that data almost. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd have to really think about how I'd want to do that. Okay. Well, I mean, just from a quantum mechanics perspective, I could see yeah. how that could be really challenging because it's like, well, that's just one timeline potential. Right. But then other timeline potentials that could shift very yeah. easily. I mean, for me, what I found with my gifts and talents, and I, it's actually been changing um, to where it's not just been six months, it's actually been for, coming out further and further as I use my talents as upgrades happen, things like that. Um, just being able to, to see what the data is supporting or not supporting. Um, and I have been finding that, you know, even with timeline shifts, um, things that are still happening, it might not be, be the exact way I'm describing it, but those elements are still there, just in a different view. Um, and that's usually, it's now about eight months out after that thing shift. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see um, with the quantum mechanics, with the timeline changes, things like that, um, how things kind of 
expand out, but then narrow back down on a different path. Um, but those elements are still the same, just a different flavor. Um, but I always tell people, yes, you do have free will. Yes, things are going to happen that you can control. Like life shit happens. It's how right. you deal with it, right? Um, you can't prevent certain things. There are just certain constants in life, like death, taxes, and change. Those things will always happen. But how do you want to handle it? How do you want to deal with it? It is coming in. It's a heads up. How do you want to handle this? Um, that will always be, that is always still pretty solid and pretty consistent. Um, but finding out, you know, the further things go out, you still have choices. You can nudge things differently. And sometimes you can't. Um, and then it's a matter, like I said, of how you handle it. But for the most part, I love being wrong. I love it when I'm wrong because that means somebody made a different choice. Different things happened. They had the opportunity to change things to better themselves, better the situation, um, or at least be able to handle what's coming in a little differently. Um, and I love that. I do. I absolutely love that. Um, it's not often that I'm wrong, but I do love it when I am. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, in our just last little bit of time here, what else would you like? me or the audience to know about you, your services, anything. Right. Um, I just think that, you know, I love just being as a resource. Um, you know, I offer private appointments and virtual, I have clients all over the world. Um, and so that's amazing. Everybody gets a recorded copy of the session. So that way they can come back to the information. If things don't make sense or they play out a little differently, you know, I always welcome, hey, let me know, come chat with me about it. Let me know how things go. Um, and, um, because I'm also curious too, like I want to be doing the best at my job so you can have the best reading possible. Um, so that is one aspect. I also read for free, um, on first Fridays here in Bremerton. That's how I give back to my community. Tips are appreciated as always, but it's not a requirement. Um, I love reading for new people there. Um, people new to tarot, people new to the community. Um, and that's, that's one way how I remain accessible to people who may not be able to afford my hourly rates, right? Um, yeah. that's a choice on how to, you know, still be a part of the community and make it work. Um, and yeah, um, I also read on, for the collective on all the major social media channels. I have a newsletter. You can go to my website and, um, add your email in to get a part of that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of really it. Like, I love what I do. I'm fortunate. I'm passionate. I get to do everything and bring my whole self to the table, which is a lot. And it's wonderful and amazing. And it allows me to have beautiful friendships um, and meet wonderful people and uh, learn new things all the time. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well, so share what your website is. And yes. Um, how you are found on the social media. Right. So um, my website is downtoearthoracle.com and you can find me under all social media at the handler of um, at down to earth oracle. No numbers, no nothing like that. Just straight up down to earth oracle. Down to earth oracle. Excellent. Yes. Well, yes. Jess, it's always a pleasure to see you. And then thank you so much for being on. And Wonderful. Yeah. I encourage you. everyone to, yeah. to get an appointment with Jess. She yes. is amazing. And um, whether you're a business owner or not, like it's worth it. So wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate being here so much. Oh. Yeah. And for yeah. those of you watching or listening, thank you for your time. And I'll see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha.